Welcome to Not Your Pastor's Pulpit, the place where ordinary people proclaim an extraordinary Jesus. Alex, man, I am so excited to bring this sermon to our listeners. Today we have Ashley Easter, a writer, a blogger, and a speaker, and a abuse victim advocate. Yeah, we're going to put her, she's got a few different websites that you can go check out to see what she does and her work. Uh, they'll be in the show description, but Jason, the sermons and stories that we get that people contribute to this project that we're doing, like on my darkest days are super encouraging. Yes. And this one in particular, uh, Ashley shows us a new side of Jesus that you and I have never seen before. Never. And she talks about Jesus as the abuse survivor. Yeah. And home run after home run that she, when she does her, when she does her talk, when she does her sermon, but my goodness, it just shows to me how Jesus is so much more relatable to people who have been through abusive situations. You guys, this is so good. I mean, without further ado, Ashley Easter. Preach it. Jesus. Jesus. A name that has been heard around the world. A name that brings hope and light to the darkness. The triumphant leader. This man, Jesus, means so much to so many for reasons too numerous to count. To me, Jesus is many things. Savior, Messiah, God with us. But lately, lately I've seen a side to Jesus that is different than what we are accustomed to hearing about in our churches. This Jesus was a victim of abuse, and it is this Jesus that many can identify with very much. Just by looking at the statistics, we see a vast number who have been abused by men who are supposed to be spiritual leaders, men respected in their faith communities, sought after for advice, and believed to be men of God. Many of these abuse victims were taken advantage of when they were vulnerable and hurting by abusers they thought they could trust. As I consider the betrayal of Jesus, I remember that Judas was one of Jesus' closest friends, a friend who had walked with him for years and encountered him on a very personal level. They had meals together. They did ministry together. There was a trust between them. And it was that personal relationship that allowed Judas to betray Jesus in a very personal way, with a kiss. A kiss when Jesus was in a vulnerable position. Some of us were neglected by individuals who knew of our pain. People who knew the truth but pretended they didn't know what we were talking about. And when the abuse was brought up, they denied it. It was another friend, Peter who knew Jesus even more deeply than Judas had. Perhaps Jesus even considered Peter as a member of his family. Peter had believed Jesus was the Messiah and said so himself, but when the chips were down, he said he didn't even know Jesus. In fact, he denied him three times. I am contacted by victims of abuse on a regular basis, and this is what they say. I was wounded by spiritual leaders, some of whom abused me and others who re-victimized me in an effort to defend their position and ministry. And with this, I am reminded 
that it was the spiritual leaders of the day that accused Jesus and turned him over to be crucified because they feared for their power, position, and reputation. They even called for the release of a known criminal over the Jesus they knew was innocent. Now, doesn't that sound familiar to the stories of victims we so often hear? Criminals get a free pass when the victims are forced into more needless suffering. Maybe some of this betrayal by friends, family, or spiritual leaders sounds familiar to you. One in three women and one in six men will be abused in their lifetime And often it is not just the direct abuse they suffer, but also the betrayal by loved ones, the persecution by spiritual leaders who want nothing more than to keep the reputation outwardly clean. Oftentimes we focus on the divine nature of Jesus when we look at the cross. But Jesus was human too, and he suffered as human. Jesus gets our pain. It didn't stop at the betrayal or the Pharisees' reputation management. It went on to more overt types of abuse, the name-calling. Jesus experienced verbal abuse. The mocking. Jesus experienced emotional abuse. The flogging and crucifixion. Jesus experienced physical abuse. The stripping and forced exposure. Jesus experienced sexual abuse. The lies by the religious. Jesus experienced spiritual abuse. The state-ordered crucifixion. Jesus experienced systematic oppression. Jesus experienced a great variety of abuse and all manner of emotion related to it. In his distress, we hear him say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He gets it. He gets it. And I think one of the saddest lies predicated by the church has been that our abuse is something that is a distraction from the gospel. That calling out abuse is somehow putting the blot on the name of Jesus, putting a blot on Jesus, when in fact abuse is so intertwined with the very center of Jesus' story. Jesus is so keenly aware of this pain because he experienced it himself. And when Christians wrongly tell abuse survivors to keep their story silent because it damages the reputation of religious leaders or their spiritual community, I say, look at Jesus. There was no way in hell he was going to keep his story of abuse silent. I believe abuse survivors can not only identify with Jesus in his abuse and suffering, but also in his rising. As Christians, we believe in a literal resurrection that has profound spiritual impact, but I also think it holds a symbolic impact for those who have been abused, because many of us have experienced our own sort of resurrection. Abuse and pain made us feel dead inside. Maybe it killed some of our hopes, some of our dreams or relationships. Maybe abuse literally almost killed us. But I've seen so many abuse survivors rising and healing, rising over darkness, rising over abuse and oppression and creating new life. For many of us, this is not easy. Escaping abuse, finding professional help, struggling to live again, 
But I believe we can see the example of Jesus and can call out to the Jesus who truly emphasizes with our pain and personal experience on a very personal level. I believe we are practicing the act of resurrection when we work towards new life and healing, when we tell our stories, and when we reach back to help others. The story of Jesus is about spiritual resurrection and healing, but I think we would be amiss if we forgot the humanity of Jesus and failed to recognize the way we as victims and survivors can relate in our physical bodies to his physical pain. Jesus' heart has always been for the hurting and the marginalized, the abused and the broken. Jesus' message is about new life and healing, and I believe it encompasses the spiritual as well as the physical. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who is crushed in spirit, says Psalm 34. Let me close with a word of prayer. Jesus, survivor and friend, Jesus, I pray your healing love and freedom over everyone who is listening today. I pray that you will give protection to those in danger right now, that you will give those who are being abused a way to safety. And I pray that you would rise up an army in the church who responds to abuse with compassion, that you would teach the church to connect victims with professionals who can help, that you would give survivors the courage to rise and healing, and that you would be very close to them through this process. In your name, Jesus. Amen. to share a sermon or story about Jesus on Not Your Pastor's Pulpit, you can do so by following three simple guidelines. Keep it short, keep it Jesus, and love others. If you would like to learn more about our submission process, please go to notyourpastorspodcast.com backslash pulpit or listen to episode 26. Until next week, go in peace, my friends. Be my own.